I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershaw, Worcestershire. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views and a bit of timely advice on all things gardening. We had a really welcome heavy rain last weekend and where I'd watered, it really sank in. It's a relief to feel the temperature drop and see the grass turn from brown to green almost overnight. And when it comes to the news, I can tell you that gardening continues to be top of the popular pastimes. Usually plant sales drop in August with people away on holiday and usually more than enough things to water without taking on more. And the high temperature, you know, encourages people to just sit in the shade. But not this year. Even through that scorching sunshine, plant sales mid-August were uh, up 66% according to the latest Garden Trade News on their best seller lists. You know, sales have doubled for cyclamen. Uh, presumably that's the smaller flowered, uh, some of them really quite nicely fragrant kinds. They're so useful for gapping up in uh, window boxes and containers. But uh, other plants uh, doubling in sales in the last week or so were violas, peppers scabious and echinacea now the latter is partly due to new cultivation blueprints they can micro propagate a number of these perennials and the tiny young propagules are taken to portugal where they are established and grown on into plug plants and there's enough low temperature in portugal to give them that vernalization and then there's good light in the spring to build up a really strong young plug plant that are brought to Britain and just drop straight into three or five litre containers. And in no time, they make really big, attractive, free-flowering plants. It's very likely, too, that the uh, microprop system will be used for the latest introduction of Rudbeckia. Where you have got uh, vegetatively propagation, then the uniformity is uh, complete, you know. Every plant exactly like its neighbour and the uh, flower production quite remarkable. Now, garden centres are bringing forward autumn plant deliveries, I'm told, uh, in part to meet this increased demand for a, a very wide range of plants. Matthew Thomas at Frank P. Matthews says that uh, they've already started new season container tree delivery a fortnight earlier than normal. 
Fortunately, the hot weather has increased the speed of growth, so the trees are also ready to go out earlier than usual. And I love to see those new trees, particularly the fruit, the apples, the pears and the plums, where they've got that uh, two foot of really lush new growth and big, strong green leaves. It's a great sight. The start of the gardening year when the new trees arrive. It's not all early deliveries. I went into our local garden centre and saw, you know, quite a display of spring flowering bulbs. But I hear that, uh, if anything, the delivery of those uh, spring flowering bulbs, corms and tubers is a little bit later than some years. The uh, silt soil up in Lincolnshire was very dry, which made lifting a, a bit difficult. And then much more recently, very heavy rain, of course, makes it quite muddy. Uh, and that can uh, slow things down considerably. Over the weekend, our local horticultural society had their welcome back event. You know, it not been possible to have any kind of uh, evening meetings or summer flower shows. We'd all been locked down and at home. And so this event was no more than an open-sided tent and the invitation for members to come and bring an example of what they'd been doing during lockdown. The weather was very comfortable and there was a really good turnout. I was uh, put on the spot and asked to do a question and answer session and boy, the questions came a bit thick and fast with quite a number of people worried about mildew. If you get the roots really dry and then have uh, quite heavy dews in the evening, Powdery mildew can spread very quickly. It's difficult once you've got a really good uh, infection to control it. Water has to be kept uh, down to the roots early in the plant's life. And, and if in high summer they really get dry, the soil gets dry, and then there's high daytime temperature and then humidity at night, I'm afraid uh, powdery mildew comes in quite thick and fast. Uh, with uh, uh, crops like courgettes, it often comes on the big old leaves and it's worth just trimming those off. Uh, and if you have stepped up the watering and given a bit of mulch, with a bit of luck, the young growth at the top will just keep going. In the case of clematis, particularly the ones that are flowering now or over the last six weeks, well, there's no point worrying too much because uh, next spring they can be cut hard back, new growth will come from the base, and at least it will give you a clean start. There was questions too about black spot on roses, uh, and there um, I use, and of course a number of commercial growers use the thing called Uncle Tom's Rose Tonic. The active content of his tonic is uh, potash phosphite, and so it means that uh, when you put this solution of a very natural material, it's accepted by the organic world, it provides potash and phosphate fertilisers. And potash, of course, stiffens up the uh, cuticle on the leaf and helps plants become much more disease resistant. I've been using it quite widely. I've noticed that uh, on some plants, uh, verbena, for example, Really high temperature tends to soften the colours. They're not quite as strong and colourful as they are in cooler temperatures. But if you apply a bit of a potash feed, that deepens the colours too. There were questions about hydrangea scale. 
that's a pretty messy sort of pest on the underside of the leaves little tiny white fluffy bits at this time of the year and the scale is almost like a, a limpet that you find at the seasides and getting control of those is quite tricky the best bet really is um, a systemic insecticide put onto the roots I mean if you use something like vine weevil control then it knocks out that pest and the hydrangea takes up the vine weevil control insecticide into the sap and that knocks the scale out too I'm told that one of the uh, explanations for the spread of horse chestnut scale is that it uh, got on some of the uh, street trees and as our tall lorries were driving through the towns and suburbs so they spread this scale as they brushed from branch to branch pretty aggravating but at least we have a reasonable control of that pest somebody else wanted to know about ground elder and where there is a really difficult, persistent perennial weed, I always go back to the late Beth Shadow's advice. When I asked her how she controlled weeds in her really quite extensive and very well-maintained garden, there was just one lady who had a bucket, a pair of rubber gloves and one of those washing-up sponges and had uh, some diluted glyphosate in the bucket and just um, damped the sponge and wiped that over weed leaves. Uh, and you only need, of course, to just uh, get it on some of the leaves, make sure you don't get it onto any garden plants. But really difficult weeds like ground elder and pine weed, just with the sponge, damp the leaves, and as long as it dries, doesn't rain for six to eight hours, then that uh, weed killer goes down in the sap and kills the plant roots and all and if you apply it in September it's a very good time uh, particularly with something like Japanese knotweed because the uh, weed killer goes down knocks the top growth out as it goes down and then sits in any root that's still alive and in the spring when the sap starts to move up I'm afraid it gets a double whammy so it's quite an effective way to control those really deep-rooted difficult perennial weeds. I had a very nice delivery, carry a bag full of ripe Victoria plums. Boy, they are a lovely fruit, aren't they, at this time of the year? And there's a pretty good crop about too. I'm hearing of trees with branches pretty well breaking under the weight of them. If you have a young Victoria plum tree, it will very often throw up a very strong top shoot might be three or four feet tall uh, you could of course prune it at this time of the year um, we like to prune in the summer the uh, stone fruits and, and you can't really prune until you've picked the fruit but with that really strong shoot on a young victoria plum it's often better to just bend it over in the way that you might if you were making a bow for a bow and arrow so bend that strong sheet over and then with a bit of soft phyllis twine just tie it in that semicircular mode and just leave it like that. The stress will encourage the buds at the base of each leaf to form a flower and fruiting buds and it will just slow the, the sap somewhat. And then you can prune the following year after that really strong shoot has uh, produced a bit of fruit and, and got the growth into a more reasonable pattern. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My guest today is Lynn Dibley. We've worked uh, alongside one another over the years at the shows, and if anybody mentions in the horticultural world Dibley, they immediately think streptocarpus. They are the specialists in uh, that houseplant world. Uh, Lynn, how are things, uh, I won't say sunny Wales, because uh, I think you've had some pretty rough weather there. Yes, we've had quite a few thunderstorms this week, so um, it's, it's been challenging, uh, shall we say, all these extra things on top of normal work. <laughs> now, can you set the scene for us a bit? Where are you, who are you, and what are you doing? We're um, based up in North Wales not in the mountainous areas, but um, in the top end of the Vale of Cluid. We run a houseplant nursery specialising in streptocarpus and begonias. My brother and I run the business. My father started it well over 40 years ago now. Goodness, yeah. A fair bit of your business came from flower shows, which, of course, have all been closed down this year. Uh, and you've made some steps to... Uh, give an alternative way for keen plant growers to make contact with you yes uh, so that was the main way of us going out and um, seeing people seeing our customers was through the flower shows and we did all the big flower shows throughout the country so this year it's all changed no flower shows and um, what we've done we've gone virtual we're all having to learn new technology <laughs> and we created a virtual flower show which we had in april and we invited a, a group of exhibitors who normally go to the big flower shows all chelsea gold medal winners um just to show uh the behind the scene videos from all the different nurseries, uh, little clips, people's favorite plants and things like that, just so the, the customers could see a little bit more than they would normally see at flower shows. And we had all that um, running. Uh, we did that in April. We're doing another one in August. And all those clips are going to be still on the internet for everybody to see in the future as well. I don't understand that. You know, it goes up in the cloud and it's there forever. But if somebody wants to um, log into this and, and I presume see you behind the scenes in your nursery production units, uh, how do they find it? They just simply either go to the Facebook page, Virtual Flower Show, 
or go to the website, which is www.virtualflowershow.uk. So I must have a go at that. Now, your job, in part, is plant breeding, isn't it? It is. I've done all the breeding uh, for the last 25 years or so on the nursery. So I started off with Streptocarpus, um, and we introduce about three or four new varieties each year. And about six or seven years ago, I started breeding with the begonias, the foliage begonias that we grow, um, just trying to get some new and interesting lines in both of those, really. And so if you go back, first of all, to your great specialism, Streptocarpus, can you give uh, our listeners a few tips on how they can best look after them? Um, They like uh, a nice light situation, so east, west, windowsills where they're going to catch the early morning sunshine or the evening sunshine not the midday sunshine and then they need a moderate amount of water not too much that's the i think the main thing where people have trouble with streptocarpus and feeding a high potash feed to encourage more flowers Uh, you propagate them from leaves i believe that's right all the streptocarpus can be propagated from leaf cuttings And we do that by taking a good healthy leaf, taking the middle vein out and putting the two leaf blades into a good seed mix compost. They need humidity and warmth. Those are the two good things to keep streptocarpus to root. And now would be a good time to do that, wouldn't it? Yes, if you've got a nice warm windowsill, um, take a nice healthy leaf off your plant. Don't use the really old ones. And put that into a seed tray, cover it with a sheet of glass or polythene to keep the humidity in. And that should root in about two to three weeks. And you'll see the little baby plants coming up from the edge of the leaf all the way along in about eight to 10 weeks, depending on your conditions. Now, you in the catalogue list many, many different cultivars. Can you shorten the list for us? Can you give me a few uh, personal recommendations from your current catalogue? I mean, I have one here called, now I think something ice, which seems to flower non-stop. 50 years ago, they would have had one good shot and then you'd have sat and waited for months to get another lot of flowers, but you seem to be working your magic that end. Yes, that must be crystal ice. It was a variety we introduced uh, about 20 years ago and it does, it flowers for 12 months a year. So it's a, it's a really good variety that is. Uh, another good variety would be Falling Stars, lovely cornflower blue flowers, and it has masses of flowers. I mean, I have had one on the windowsill in my house, which is east-facing, and it hasn't stopped flowering since early April. Now, it's quite interesting that you spend all of your working life in greenhouses breeding them, and then you actually have them on the windowsill as well at home, hey? Boy, you must... Yeah, I must... <laughs> <laughs> I must be a glutton for punishment because I know as soon as I get in from work, I do go around checking all my houseplants, whether they need watering or not. And they do need a lot of watering at present, yes. Um, But there's another one that I have called Three Sisters. Now, what's that all about? It's three different varieties. The, the The first variety was a variety called Katie, which is blue and purple. And over the years, it has mutated to three different colour forms. So we use the three, Katie and its sisters, Matilda and Marion, all together in one plug. 
and when it flowers, it all flowers together. So you've got pinks, blues and purple all in the single plant. I didn't realise that it was three plants, you know. So when I propagate them, I just get uh, um, one of the three sisters, not the three original that you sent us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You You would have to choose the three leaves from the three different plants to get the same again. Now, Lynn, what are your objectives when you get onto that greenhouse bench and start cross-pollinating um, different kinds of streptocarpus? What have you got in mind, your holy grail? There's several different things I aim for. Um, it's things like flowering for a long time, like we've discussed with crystal ice, and then also things like making a much tidier plant, smaller leaves, so they fit on windowsills easier. So it's, it's things like that that I have in my mind I'm aiming for. Because the true species has rather long, um, narrow leaves, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. There's various different species that are in the background. So, and it's trying to introduce some of the new genetics from species which aren't so big um, and are much tidier rosettes of plants. Now, is that the kind of thing that uh, an enthusiast could potter about with at home? Oh, absolutely. It's just the basically... Um, in the flower, there's the, the pollen and the anther, and it's just moving them from one flower onto another and just playing around and see what you get. Leaving the flower to grow into a, a seed pod, which is a long seed pod and twisted. And as that dries, you can collect the seed and then sow it on a seed mix compost. And it, it's a bit like begonia, isn't it? Very fine seed. So, you know, they need that uh, green fingered skill of yours. Yes, the, the main thing is never to sneeze when you're trying to sow seed. <laughs> now, Lynn, we've seen some quite dramatic changes in the way that we do business over the last few months. How has the lockdown affected the way Dibley's trade? Yes, this year, I mean, everything's changed. So without the flower shows and the garden centres weren't buying plants this spring either. So we've increased our mail order and not only are we selling the plug plants we're also selling the finished flowering plants as well and we found that so many people are buying those and sending them as presents to somebody else so they're, they're sending them and then they're putting a message with it you know thinking of you virtual hugs you know things like that because everybody you know can't see or couldn't meet with everyone in the spring yeah, and, and um, I found not only with the streptocarpus but also with orchids outside of your field that where they are sent and, and modern delivery now can be within 24 hours, the plants are in better condition than if you went to buy them at a retailer somewhere where they may have been sitting on the bench for some time. Yes, well, you know, quite possibly because we're taking those plants straight off our growing bench and they're packed and sent within 12 hours. So, and then in theory, that delivery should get to a customer 24 hours later. So less than two days off coming off the growing bench, they're in the customer's living room. Yeah. Can we uh, sort of take you through some of the other items in your catalogue? I mean, as well as the begonia, then you've got uh, African violets, I think, uh, and, and the hot water plant. Yes, a lot of these plants are related to streptocarpus. So we went into growing those because they want the same or very similar conditions. So we have the achimenes, the hot water plants, which are 
they're great because you only have them in the spring or summertime. They die back in the autumn and you're left with little rhizomes in the pot, which you replant come in the following spring. So it's, it's a very much spring and summer plant. So it's really nice. You, you have it through the summer and then you can forget about it for the autumn and winter. And those rhizomes, they look almost like birch cones, don't they? Um, we used to grow them when I was a child. And, and my father on one occasion potted up a whole handful of um, slug pellets because in those days slug pellets were long columnar, rather like the... <laughs> tubers on the kimonies it was a sort of standing joke at home yeah why are they called hot water plant do you think i think initially there was a belief that in the springtime when you plant the rhizomes you had to give them hot water to get them growing uh, but ideally what you do need to put get them is is warmth so they want to put them in a warm situation in the springtime that's something about 18 to 20 degrees centigrade yeah and then what about uh, African violets? They're on the up again, aren't they? I mean, we used to have um, the Reverend Tony Clements rattling about at shows and creating a lot of interest in them, and then they sort of went out of fashion a bit. I remember at my daughter's wedding, we had African violet on every table, and the guests took them home with them at the, the end of the event. And, and some of those members of the family have still got them, you know, rooting by the leaf stems and, and growing on. Are you finding that people are coming back to uh, African violets? Certainly. I mean, there's an awful lot more variety out there now and there's some really nice variegated foliage ones as well. So even though you don't have the flowers for all the time in the summertime, you get the really nice foliage. And again, they're so easy to propagate from leaf cuttings, which is obviously why people have still got those plants they had whenever they had them. Yeah, I love those plants that have sort of family stories to them. Yeah. Now, Lynn, if somebody wants to find uh, your catalogue, uh, um, presumably it's fairly easy uh, online. Where do they go? Yes, I mean, it's just simply go to our surname, which is dibleys.com, and they'll find our website and their, uh, the online shop is there as well. Uh, Lynn, I hope that um, in future times we'll be back side by side at the show. Uh, I'm already making some preparations for Chelsea, fingers crossed. Uh, you no doubt will have some new introductions for us then. Yes, we're hoping we're going to have about four new streptocarpus and two begonias for next year. So, uh, yes, we'll be back again. Six new introductions. Lynn, it's great speaking to you today. Thank you very much for your time. And as I say, I look forward to our meeting in the new year. Thank you. See you again soon. The thought for the day, well, it's a quote from Mark Twain. Climate is what we expect and weather is what we get. And we've certainly had plenty of weather lately. <laughs> Everything from the hottest and the driest to the heaviest rain you could imagine. I'm just relieved to find the water butts full again. But not for long. I must get out and uh, just do a bit more watering. Look forward to bringing more news and views next week. My thanks this week to our sponsors 
Hayloft Plants of Pershaw in Worcestershire. And of course my producer, Rich Jarman. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.